don't know me, my name is Sue, Sue Wilson, and I am part of the leadership team here in Jubilee. I sound really, really weird. Uh, is, is it okay? You right? Okay, Stu's telling me to keep going. All right. Um, yeah, I'm part of the leadership team here at Jubilee, and today we are continuing our series looking at the values of Regions Beyond. Um, Stu's already mentioned um, a bit about Regions Beyond. Um, hopefully you've got your blue leaflet. If not, you can pick up a blue leaflet from the information desk. Um, but Jubilee is part of the group of churches, part of Regions Beyond, and this extends across the UK and right across the world as well. And currently we're, we're going through a series looking at the values of Regions Beyond. And so far we've looked at the purpose of the church, um, we've looked at the authority of the Bible, God's word to us. We've looked at leadership within the church. And last week, Dan spoke so well of God's grace in his life and how that grace is available to all of us. But before I, ask, before I continue this morning, I want to ask you a question. It's quite a stri- straightforward question. But have you been ever saturated, soaking wet, just dripping through. Um, Might even have been yesterday afternoon. I didn't know rain was forecast and that cloudburst happened, didn't it? So you might have been out walking or cycling and you just got soaked. Um, Last year, my eldest son, David, um, he was 21. He lives in Derby. And um, to celebrate his 21st birthday, we decided we'd go to Alton Towers. And various family members all met up. And as we went through the turnstiles, it was dry. But then it rained, and it rained, and it rained. But we were there to have a good time. And we got soaked, absolutely saturated. But we we were still enjoying it. Um, Mid-afternoon, it finally stopped raining. And then the family realized I hadn't been on any rides. And there's only one ride I like at Alton Towers, and that is the Rapids. And if you don't know Alton Towers, don't know the Rapids, you sit in a big circular boat, you go down a man-made river, and the whole aim is that you get soaked. So water splashes over the side of the boat, people are shooting at you with water pistols. So we got off the boat, and we were just as wet as we had been earlier on. Absolutely saturated. So we're going to come back to that later, come back to being wet through. But today, I'm looking at the value. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We believe in the vitality of every member being filled with the Holy Spirit and the importance of using their God-given gifts to build the church and to impact their communities. And as we explore this this morning, I want us to look at three points Power for some, power for all, and power for now. So first of all, power for some. When we speak about the Holy Spirit, who are we speaking about? The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. We have God the Father, God the Son, so that's Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, all three of them are God. The Holy Spirit is God in the present tense, God with us now, God active in people's lives. 
And in the Old Testament part of the Bible, we can read examples of when the Holy Spirit came upon people, um, usually for a specific purpose, a specific time. So in Judges 6, we can read that the Spirit of God came upon Gideon. Um, He was just a farmer, but God came upon him to give him victory over his enemies. Again, in 1 Samuel 16, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon a shepherd boy, David, when he was anointed as king. But in the Old Testament, these were just temporary impartations, just on particular people. So if we then fast forward into the New Testament part of the Bible, we have John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus to come. John was teaching the people to repent, to turn away from their sinful lives and be baptized in the River Jordan. And he told people that one would come after him who would baptize not with water, but would baptize with the Holy Spirit. And that person was Jesus. Fast forward again, so we had Jesus' ministry. He, he traveled around with his disciples. He healed many people, many people were set free, and people were forgiven. And then we get to John 14, and Jesus knew it wouldn't be that long until the time of his death. And so he started preparing his disciples for what would happen after he had died. And he told them in John 14, verse 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. In this verse, the original Greek word paraclete is translated into advocate. But the word paraclete, it means far more than what one English word can convey. So yeah, it does mean advocate, but it means um, friend, it means comforter, it means mediator, it means one who comes alongside. So Jesus was giving a clear promise to his disciples, I'm going, but you won't be left on your own. Shortly after that, Jesus was crucified, he rose again to life, he appeared to his disciples. And then in John 20, verses 21 and 22, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the disciples there were receiving an impartation of the Holy Spirit, but there was still more to come. And in Acts 1, Luke, the author of that book, writes that before his ascension back into heaven, Jesus said to his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John, that's John the Baptist, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this was what John had prophesied about. Jesus will be baptizing the believers with the Holy Spirit. Baptism in water showed repentance, but baptism in the Holy Spirit would show God's power, and it wasn't just for some people, it was for all 
who believed. So moving on to my second point, power for all. In Acts 2, we read of the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. The disciples' wait was over, and we read there was the sound like the blowing of a violent wind, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We continue in Acts 2, and then we say Peter saying to the crowd, What you see, what is going on here, what you can hear, it's what was prophesied by the prophet Joel in the Old Testament. And Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So what was happening at that point was that the Holy Spirit was available for everyone who believed, not just for a chosen few, not just for the disciples, not just for the leaders, but for everyone. In Acts 4, verses 31 and 33, it says again, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And repeatedly through Acts, over and over, we see how the power of the Holy Spirit transformed a group of believers who initially had been really terrified, worried, because their friend Jesus had died. The Holy Spirit came upon them, transformed them, impacted their lives, and their communities were affected as the gospel spread. They didn't just know that they'd received the Holy Spirit when they were on their own, maybe when they were quietly at their own homes. We don't just read that they said, yes, I prayed and the Holy Spirit came. It wasn't like that at all. The Holy Spirit came and God's power was released. So what do we see going on through Acts? We see the disciples, the believers, they were filled with faith even when being persecuted, even when facing death. We see that miracles happened over and over and over. We read of prison doors being flung open. and We read of the dead being raised to life. I've never seen those sort of miracles. We read people were being healed repeatedly. The believers spoke in languages that they'd never learned. Believers were prophesying. They were speaking about what God had in store for them. They had wisdom beyond human understanding. They received supernatural knowledge about situations and then were bold enough to act on what God was saying. They knew when it was the Holy Spirit and when it was evil spirits at work. That was what was happening as the Holy Spirit was released upon the believers. The power of God was fully released. 1 Corinthians 12 says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 
And Paul then writes a list of what we now refer to as the gifts of the Spirit. Message of wisdom, message of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Does that sound a bit like what I was talking about was going on in Acts? It was because it was exactly the same. As the Holy Spirit was poured out on the early church, um, all these amazing things were happening. And it says that the gifts were given to each one, to every believer. Not just for the apostles, not just for the church leaders, for everyone. That passage said, manifest for the common good. The gifts are manifest for the common good. Manifest means that which makes it plain, makes it obvious, okay? It causes something to be seen or known so everyone can benefit. These gifts were making plain to everyone the fact that the power of God was present and it was a power to bring transformation. Romans 12 compares the believers or the body of Christ to a human body. And it says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We here, there's lots of us, but we're one body. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Some of the gifts in that passage have already been mentioned previously, but there's other gifts mentioned too. We've got the gift of serving, of teaching, of encouraging, the gift of giving, of leading, of showing mercy. Still other passages in the Bible refer to the gift of administration, the gift of hospitality, and the gift of helping. These gifts all demonstrate the Holy Spirit's power. And were they just to bless those people in the church? Were they just to bless the people who already believed? No. They were to demonstrate God's power both to believers and to those who didn't yet believe, and they still are for the same purpose today. So my third point, power for now. The value that we're looking at today says we believe in the vitality of every member being filled with the Holy Spirit and the importance of using their God-given gifts to build the church and to impact their communities. As believers, being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't an optional extra. It's not just for those with specific roles. It's not just for the people up front. It's not just maybe for those who are a bit extreme in their faith, you know, always going on about God. 
No, it's vital for every believer to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit and to demonstrate God's power here in Jubilee, here in church, but also in our families and in our communities. One of the vision statements of Jubilee that we have on the banners at the front states, we long for the Holy Spirit to be active in everything we do, wanting to demonstrate more of his power and presence as we live as God's people. Wow. The gifts mentioned in the New Testament, in the Bible, weren't only for the, only, for, for the early church then. They're for us here today in 2017. And they aren't just for individuals who are wanting to do what, what they like doing, um, but for the common good. That's so everyone can benefit. So the gifts that we've looked at, those passages that we've read today, how do they build the church? How do they build Jubilee? How do they affect us today in church? How do they affect us through the week here in the city? So just think about an average Sunday morning. Trying to just have a look around. I can see you, but just have a look around. Look at who's here today. All right, there's a lot of us, aren't there? On a Sunday morning, over 30 people are serving on a rotor. So over a month, that's gonna be around 120 people serving on a rotor. That's just a Sunday morning. That's an awful lot of people. And some of those people are so committed to serve, they've been here today since half past eight this morning, okay? That is the gift of serving. But then there's those who serve who aren't actually on a rotor. Okay, there's those who've served today, giving people lifts so they could get here. There's people who served by holding the doors open so people can get in. There's people who served buying food so we can have a biscuit or something else when we finish. Um, people have shown the gift of giving by giving financially to the church. Our leaders will be leading. People today will be showing mercy. Maybe on the welcome team, maybe a drink will be spilt later on and you'll be having to clear it up and say, oh, it doesn't matter, that's showing mercy. People will be showing mercy, offering to help out as they hear about a situation where someone has a need. In Explorers today, in our children's work, um, people will be teaching our children. People Hopefully, throughout the, the church, we'll be encouraging one another. We've already had words of encouragement from the front. But today, if you've got the gift of encouragement, go and encourage somebody. Um, I know, I'm a parent, I've got two, two boys, and I know through my years as a parent, what I've needed more than anything has been encouragement. So if you've got the gift of encouragement, go and encourage a parent today. But that's just on a Sunday. Every week, many people are served through Jubilee Life College. And that isn't possible without the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't just leave the Holy Spirit's power here on a Sunday. We need it through the week. 
We have volunteers who staff reception using their gifts of administration. We have many people in the church showing the gift of hospitality, whether in their own homes or in, in coffee shops in and around our city. Others show the gift of helping, maybe by babysitting or helping somebody move house. And right across the city in our growth groups, people will be teaching, serving, and encouraging one another. Other people in the church are using their gifts across the nations. Um, Last year, Susan Bauer, she went to Romania, serving with the charity Stepping Stone Missions, supporting some of the poorest children in that country. Now, I've checked with Susan, and I am allowed to share this, but before she went, Susan said to me, I don't know why I'm going. I don't even like children. Um, she, she, liked, she liked her own child, just for the record, but she, she felt, why, why am I going? But she was going because she was empowered by the Holy Spirit. She was able to serve, and she was able to give, and she was able to show mercy, and she was able to encourage many, many people that she met. And then she was able to come back and tell us about it, and encourage us to pray, and encourage us to serve as well. Back, back to Hull, back to our city. Jesus told the disciples they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them so they would be God's witnesses. There's no gift of witnessing mentioned there, is there? Not mentioned a gift of witnessing. Because as Christians, we're all called to witness. And in order to do that, we need the Holy Spirit's power. We need the Holy Spirit's power to tell people about Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit's power to tell people about what the priorities are in our lives, not our job, not the acquisition of wealth. Our priority is Jesus, and we need the Holy Spirit's power to be able to do that. When Steve spoke a few weeks ago about leadership, he asked those who lead in the life of Jubilee to come to the front and receive prayer. But then he asked those who lead in the workplace to come forward as well. And it was evident that those who lead in the church were very often people who were also leading in the workplace. As Christians, we can use the gifts that God's given us both here in the church but also in our workplace, in our families, those of us who are parents as we lead in our homes, we use the Holy Spirit's power in those places too. I, I work one day a week in, in a charity, Kids in the, in the City, and I lead a team of sleep counselors there. I need the Holy Spirit's power just as much there as I do here. I need the gift of encouragement when my team are down and are feeling fed up and are wondering if it's any point doing what they're doing. I need the gift of serving in the workplace when things haven't been done properly and I have to pick up the pieces. Um, I'll often pray in tongues as I drive across the city, going to a difficult meeting, showing my dependence on the Holy Spirit's power. That power is available just as much for outside the church as in the church. I asked you at the beginning if you'd ever been absolutely soaking wet or saturated. This summer, I was away in the Lake District, 
and I managed to mainly stay dry, but as I was walking, I kept seeing water literally dripping off overhanging ground or grassy areas. It wasn't just puddles, it was actually dripping off the hillsides. The ground was so saturated with water, it literally couldn't contain any more. Have we got a video coming up here? This is a risk in Jubilee. Okay. So this wasn't videoed in the lakes. Um, I should have done that. But this was what it was like, just dripping and dripping and dripping. And as I kept walking, I kept seeing ground like this. And God really challenged me. And I found myself asking, am I so saturated with the Holy Spirit that he literally just drips off me? Have I got that fullness In John 7, Jesus stood up in the Jewish synagogue and said to the people, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. As believers, we are to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So his power is seen and demonstrated in the church, in our families, in our communities. And it says in Ephesians 5, be filled with the Spirit. When that was originally written, the Greek tense meant be filled continuously over and over and over. And I want to ask you today, are you filled this morning? Are you filled continually? Are you filled over and over and over? The value that we've looked at today says we believe in the vitality of every member being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not an optional extra for believers. It is vital. Can you stand with me, please?